Hey everybody, it's Operation Tango Romeo, the place where healing happens. If you'd like to support this show, remember, like, comment, subscribe, and share, share like the sugar bear, because sharing is caring. And we're rolling live. Thank you everybody for tuning in today. I have Dave Morrow on the show. Dave Morrow is hard to kill. No, that's not a cool action movie. That's his podcast. He's not Steven Seagal. He's way cooler. Dave, thanks for being here, man. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Mark. It's always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Well, we got a lot to talk about today. You've been a busy beaver. Uh, Let's talk about your your latest project. What have you been up to? Yeah, man, uh, I definitely have been. I've actually started to understand why I'm always a busy beaver. And uh, I'll share just a tidbit. I was reading a book. It's called, um, oh, God, my veteran brain. Uh, <laughs> no more Mr. Nice Guy. No more Mr. Nice Guy. So um, it's actually pretty interesting. It talks about, you know, why there's this concept of, like, being a nice guy that's so um, prolific in our society these days. So I'll, 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 I'll spare you the details, but essentially, you know, a nice guy typically goes and does a ton of stuff um, that – occupies his mind and like his soul because this is where I find validation. And I'm like, Oh, that's why. Oh, it goes back to when you're a kid. So anyways, uh, that's part of why I'm so busy. And now part of what I'm trying to do is actually cut things out that I'm doing that aren't getting me closer to my goals. So, um, the project that you were going to talk about is actually this one, which is definitely not one that I'm cutting out right now. Voluntold.co. Um, this is an app project that me and my buddy and business partner, fellow veteran, uh, Mike, came up with basically on a random phone call two years ago. And the goal is to get uh, veterans moving again, like literally off the couch. We're volunteering you to start getting active because we're kind of fed up with buddies and just members of the community um, deciding to take their own lives. And we recognize that in order to get psychologically healthy, we need to make sure that our bodies are really healthy too. And that's where I've devoted five years of my life now in the personal training side of things. And we're trying to combine all of this into a convenient, fun, and uh, challenging app for uh, the veteran community. So that's the main focus right now. And that's why I want to uh, hop on the pod because I, I think we got something here um, and we got a lot of people that are excited about the project. So love to chat about it a little bit more too. When's launch date for that app? Yeah, we're expected to set uh, our launch date for end q4 2024 for the like iteration one like version one where you can actually interact and the goal is like like the wearable tech that we all have right we're going to be aggregating all that so whether you have a garmin whether you have a fitbit whatever it is we will take all that data and then we're able to put it on like a leaderboard so rather than just passively like have your device say hey like fatty get up and go for a walk it's like hey you actually got like five thousand points like this month okay do you want to challenge like buddy to a walkathon or like a run challenge or and so we're going to build in that competitive side of things which often is lacking in the in the veteran world from what i see a lot of the times and i was just having this conversation on another podcast we get out and it's almost like they're there go sit down go go take it easy don't get competitive don't do any of the stuff that actually got you kind of fired up and like excited when you're in because a lot of us did exciting stuff that was really fun and dangerous and so you strip that away and then you're kind of just wondering, well, 
that's all I got left. Like I just have to like rest on my laurels now. Like let's, let's do the, the stuff that actually gets you fired up and whether it's going for like extra steps and being in a competitive kind of environment, that's for fun. That's what we're hoping to uh, engage. And that's what we're trying to uh, get the, the veteran community voluntold to doing again, which is getting physically active and then being able to actually challenge each other, whether it's here in Canada and the States, et cetera, to some friendly competition and then to have some open challenges too. Um, and to see where this all goes. And ultimately, we're just trying to stem the tide and, and reduce the amount of suicides that are in the community and just make us healthier as a whole. <clears throat> the uh, physical part of it is part of the negative feedback loop that of depression, right? You get depressed, you don't feel like moving, you don't get off the couch, you don't leave the house, you, you don't do anything except Netflix. And, and then you have less energy to, to, to get off the couch and, and to do those things. So Crazy. it becomes a negative feedback loop. The depression causes the inactivity. The inactivity feels the depression and down and down you go. So you got to break the cycle somewhere and mm-hmm. the choice to be just a little bit more active. I think one of the barriers, uh, Dave is probably like people look at it like a Dave Goggins or anybody like that, or, or a Joe Rogan or, um, Jocko Willink and they figure, well, that's the standard. So I'm not going to work that hard. So if I can't be a Goggins, well, you know, what's the point of trying? So I know that's not for me, but mm-hmm. that, that that's not, <laughs> that's not what you're saying though. You don't have to be no. a freaking Goggins or a Jocko Willink. Just, just move, you know, a little no. bit every day, something and build on Man, Yeah. There, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. And especially a lot of us that come from, you know, let's just say combat arms, infantry, whatever, we have this very aggressive mentality and a very hard charging type mentality because that's part of what our jobs were like. So when it comes to fitness, we remember a time when we were crazy fit. Yeah, Runs, dude, I was thir- I was three VP in a man. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, I, I was 20s, fit. Yeah, you're freaking fit. Yeah, I'm sure you have the pictures to prove it. But then when you get out, you're like, oh, but oh, man, yeah, I just don't have the willpower to do all that workout. Yeah, no kidding. You're 40, you're 50, you're 60. Of course, you're not going to do that. And so uh, a lot of the times when I'm having the discussion with a lot of the veterans that I work with, it's that deprogramming process of, hey, man, like you had a job to do that was very demanding and dangerous and you had to go like freaking kill terrorists. Yeah, no kidding. Like the training demands were a lot different. But now that you're out, it's likely that you just want to be healthy and you want to see your grandkids, you know, uh, graduate high school. Well, if that's the case, then that means your training is not the same at all, right? And so that's what, uh, you know, uh, we're trying to do, especially with with this platform, is to help with the concept that if you are consistent, and I always say consistency is king. Yeah, man. You are going to be infinitely healthier than the individual that does two or three days of like going to the gym per week. Because it's more sustainable it, too, right? Hundred percent. And, and, and when I say like working out, I don't mean I, I don't like using the term working out. I, I just say exercise because it's unstructured. You, you can do twenty minutes of gardening, twenty minutes of literally going outside for a walk. If you want to get hardcore, you can put on a plate carrier, look cool, whatever. Yeah, just but, even calling it activity, you know. Just activity. I did it. 20 minutes of sustained activity. 92% of North Americans don't get the bare minimum. So if you were to do that, you'd be better than 92% of like Western <laughs> society, which is like, oh my God, I'm the top 8%. Yeah. If you just went out for a walk every day um, and just incorporate that low intensity, steady state 
activity is just so important. That's what we're really trying to, to push because we know the evidence right now is, is clear. It's 1.5 times better that, you know, being physically active 1.5 times better than, uh, cognitive behavioral or just like talk therapy and pharma combined. So if you're to just do that, Imagine combining that now with your talk therapy and maybe your pharmacological interventions and everything else. Now you're starting to take a holistic approach. Now you're actually going to get better. And like you said, that downward spiral of shit is what I call it. The, neg- the It's a positive feedback loop, but it puts you in the wrong direction. Yeah. So every time you don't go do something, you feel less energetic. And energy doesn't come <clears throat> from sleeping. It doesn't come from, you know wanting to be no it comes from physically moving the more you move the more your blood moves the more energy demands you have and the more positive hormones get start flowing through your body like we see like the the most energetic people that do the most amount of stuff they're typically in the gym just as much as like any athlete it's because they know yeah and it doesn't brain functions better when you're actually moving and it doesn't got to be the gym right like i i hear all the i don't want to call them excuses but all the detractors from activity you know say they just have an aversion to the gym because they just, uh, they think it's not cool. They, they go there, oh, there's just a bunch of juice monkeys there grunting and groaning. And that's not for me. I've heard people say that. I'm like, well, okay. If you're going to let other people control to control your life, all right, fine. You know, but we all want an environment that's right for us. For me, it's arm wrestling. I am a competitive oh, nice. art. I love it, dude. It's so good. I'm a competitive oh, nice. arm wrestler and I, uh, all the new guys, I always teach them because that's how we, that's the only time I get to feel strong is when I'm with the new guys because <laughs> 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 I, I could always handle them quite easily, but, um, but they don't stay new guys for long. And then all of a sudden, oh shit, I need more new guys <laughs> <laughs> or maybe some, so some of the ladies, oh, Hey, you want to learn how to arm wrestle? <laughs> Help me feel strong. But, yeah. um, it's the community that more than anything i mean a a deep love of the sport but it's the community and where everybody's supporting each other and that's an important part so it doesn't matter where you find it you know uh arm wrestling is certainly not for everybody should be but it isn't uh but having that sense of community that is one of the hugest things because that's connection right and if you're suffering i'm not saying that everybody that should be active is suffering from a ptsi not at all but everybody suffers from disconnection so community is good a healthy community is good for everybody doesn't matter who you are whether you're you're on recovery road like me and so many others or you just want to have a better life that that sense of community tied with the fitness like the crossfit crowd you know hard hard damn work <laughs> but uh um what do you think about the the importance of community and the role that it plays well it's without it you die like it's it's as it's simple as that we are a communal species without it we're done you know the worst thing you can do to any human in prison is put them in solitary yeah messes you up but a lot of us put ourselves in solitary confinement because we're hurting right and there's probably a lot of shame associated with it i know when i was isolating there was a lot of shame and uh i just felt like i was a shadow of my own self and didn't really want to get out there and put myself out there because i just didn't feel confident enough because i'd lost part of my identity as you know the strong soldier i was no longer in right and i was beat up couldn't really walk properly all these things just compounded and what helped me was fitness 
because I just drilled down to what's the most basic thing I can do. And once I was able to actually move properly again, after a really bad flare up from my back, it was walking. I just started walking, man. Like honestly, like 10 minutes, that's all I could handle. And then it just built up, built up. And, you know, eventually like I worked with a coach and I, I got to the point, like I, I've done the Ironman, you know, and the army said, you're done. That's it. You're so, bu- you're so busted up. You can't be effective in our military anymore. Go home, sit on the couch and take pain meds the rest of your life. And I believed them for a little bit, but then I realized, no, nah, man, that, that can't be the case. So this is all a result of me just saying, no, nah, I'm in control. I'm not letting some other organization that doesn't, truly care about like my long-term outcome uh, dictate where I'm going to be in life. So that's the message we want to convey, you know, unless you're squirting freaking fluids out of your body from your legs, from your, you know, like unless nothing's broken, like you can get up and move, you can take control, you can do something that is going to benefit you. And like you said, it doesn't have to be the gym that this whole idea of working out has really taken over our, our psyche where it has to be something insanely that's, demanding. That's it's the not. other part, Dave. I, I agree with you. Like one of the other mental barriers that I don't like to call an excuse, but it's a mental barrier that people impose upon themselves is that if I can't do it all, I'll do nothing. You know, Absolutely. like if I can't be Goggins, I, then, then I'll do nothing. It's like, mm-hmm. what bullshit? <clears throat> you know what bullshit if you can if, all, if the only thing that you can do is is move your thumb back and forth then have the most kick-ass thumb anybody's ever seen you yeah. know that's a it's an arm wrestling thing to to train your thumb pad because the thumb leads to pro- pronation so uh oh, interesting <laughs> uh, I, I knew this was going somewhere yeah it's a well, everything's about arm wrestling for me everything <laughs> but um well, but if that's all you got touch- that's all you got then do that yeah yeah, I want to touch base on, on, on that that principle, right? Like you, when you see outliers like Goggins, Jocko Willink, like these guys are outliers because they are so on the other side of that bell curve that, yeah, when you see it, of course they're going to be prominent because they're, they they're literally one in people 10 million love, kind of people. Maybe, maybe, people maybe one in 50 outliers. million. Exactly. People love outliers. And I would argue that likely everybody could be an outlier. And like what you said in their specific niche and what they want to do. Yeah. It's just, do you, are you, are you disciplined enough to get there? Now the overwhelming majority, if we're looking at bell curve, fall in the middle, right? Well, ideally, yeah, you want to kind of be in that, at least at a bare minimum in that middle, not on the other side of the bell curve, which is the, the worst side of the bell curve, which is like, you're doing nothing. And that's an outlier too, but in the, in the, in the worst case possible. So like I said earlier, like if you're in the 92% of people that, don't do 20 minutes of activity a day. You want to get out of that as quickly as possible and at least get yourself more into that like generalized area of the bell curve where you have the ability to actually go out for a walk and actually enjoy a bit of the day and then get some sunlight on your face. And that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to make it so that it's fun to actually do it and just break the pattern of inactivity. Because once you do that, like I've seen personally, my life changed. Because I just, I changed my paradigm. I went away from, oh, I have to do CrossFit. And CrossFit is like, it's, it's a business, right? They want you to go and, and do the workouts and be part of the community. And I get it. And I learned a lot from it. So I incorporate some of that. But I know that, especially me in my 40s, I can't do those type of workouts three times a week. Forget it. Like, I'm not they're, going to be able so to recover. I'm not, I'm, I'm, they're so really tough. brutal. Great to test your fitness, hands down. But as a training method, it's, it's really not that great unless you're going to actually compete in things. So how do you convey a message that you just need to 
you know, take, take the army or the infantry out of you. I don't know about the Navy and like the, the air force guys. I don't know if they have this like psychological issue. Shots fired. Shots fired. (laughs) Maybe, maybe they're, maybe they're just as bad as we are, but the all or nothing needs to, needs to be dialed down to, Hey, consistency, consistency is king. Get out, do your activity, challenge somebody and build a community. Like you said before, how do you build community, especially on an online platform, especially if you're trying to do like workouts and stuff like that, because we've got like really fractured over the last few years for obvious reasons, but how do we bring that back? So uh, what we're we're intending to do is to create the communities and geolocate like, Hey, there's, veterans in this area like we're not going to give up like personal information but like hey like we're creating like an online running group hopefully that lends itself to hey i want to create my own like face-to-face running group or face-to-face walking group or face-to-face workout group maybe we challenge everybody in this group to you know a group challenge okay and then we you know we Major some of the points that we gained on the app. That's essentially what we're trying to get at. It's not a model that's foreign to gaming, but it's definitely something novel for the veteran community. So we're trying to leverage that with some great partnerships. One of them is uh, Grunt Style here. So they're a uh, large or one of the largest apparel companies in the U.S. Uh, veteran run, veteran operated. And um, what's the name of them again? Love the idea. Grunt Style. So right there, that that's one of my favorite mugs. It's big, it's fat, it's what I have my uh, <laughs> my uh, protein shake in every morning. Um, they're, they've got a great foundation too, and uh, they champion a lot of veteran causes, and they're all in on the veteran health space as well. Um, and so they definitely want to see this uh, project get up and running. Um, and we've also got some really important uh, doctors and specialists that have uh, decided that this is a project that they want to get behind. Um, we've got uh, Mindful Frogman, former Navy SEAL commander, John McCaskill. Uh, he's our like mindset guy uh, who's uh, going to be one of our advisors. So uh, is that, uh, is this still with the app with John? Yeah, this is all the, this is all the app. Yeah. So okay. like we, we're, we're building out a, a way for not only you to have fun on the app. How and did you hook up with John? Game experience. John was one of my original podcast guests. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been on my show too. I know. He's a, he's an amazing dude. Um, and so he's. Who had him first? Was it me or you? <laughs> you did. I honestly, I think you did. I think that's how I saw him. Okay. I, I was like, oh, I was like, wait, this is. Oh, wait, no, hold on a sec. It was Scott McCarthy that put me in touch with John McCaskill. Okay. So um, Scott's a. Uh, He's actually still in, I think, and he's in the podcast world. So he was a great, he was a, he was a great connection. And so we've kept kept ties pretty close. And, um, so he likes the, he likes the, the idea of the app. That's John, of course. And then we've got, you know, a clinical psychiatrist from here in Montreal who actually works in the veteran space. And well, John like, was hey, going to do a, a TV channel as well. Um, he was going to, yeah, he was going to for a while. It, never got off the, got over the finish line, but, uh, he was gonna, and, yeah, and I was going to yeah, say so, like, uh, talking about community and online community for anybody that rolls their eyes about, those two words going in the same sentence online and, and community me and David never met, you know, not in person, but, uh, but we're in each other's orbit. And, and there's a lot of us in this orbit that have never met one-on-one Kelsey Sharon, you know, um, there's a quite a few that are rowing in the same direction in the veteran community towards health, fitness, recovery, and, Never met in person, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, Chance Burles. Yeah. yeah, I haven't, I've literally never physically met any of you guys. Yeah. And you guys are all instrumental in my podcast. Veterans like, for Freedom. Yeah, I, I was just talking to Drew today. 
Yeah. I just got off the phone with them. These are all things that they, because of, I've been on your show, you've been on my show. I've been on Chance's show. I've been, you just end up, yeah, the community creates like nodes, right? And then yeah. there's, you know, big, there's, there's individuals that end up being like master connectors. And then you end up sharing. And then before you know it, you've created this, this network. And uh, it's, it's really cool to see because let's be honest, the internet's a new invention. And we're no, just yeah. trying to figure out how to use it. it. Really, the iPhone 2008, that's where it really took off because you had it in your hands. That's, you know, 15 years ago. That's nothing in the scope of time. So to think that we have this like mastery of this like new technology is is foolish, right? Like we're we're just we're we're baboons, we're gorillas, just trying to figure this out as we as we move along. Meta is interesting too, where you can throw on the the VR goggles and and we could all be in the same room together. Oh, that's wild! Yeah, I haven't really delved into that yet, but that is probably going to have like I mean they 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 switched their company name to Meta for a reason, yeah. But but you can actually do that where it's um, a boat is you, you can do everything but high five each other, you know. Yet, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, they'll have a glove. Yeah, they'll, they'll have, have a glove where you could high five somebody or knuckle bump or something. But um, uh, you basically create a perfect avatar of yourself so that it like three D scans your face or or whatever, and. Um, Probably the easiest way to lose a few pounds of fat and gain a few pounds of muscle. You just dial it in. I was just going to say, like, can you make it just so you're jacked? Like, yeah, I'm course, pretty like, sure you can. You have muscles in your I neck. Like, like, yeah, I want to be like 6% body fat. Oh, nice. I've never been. So that would be pretty sweet. Like, uh, yeah, that's that's I, I, pretty rock, light. I'd rock that up. Yeah, I'd rock that up. I, I, was, like, I had the caliper test like when I was in college. Yeah. 12% in college. <laughs> I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I always hover around like 15. So I've always been like, well, actually when I did the Ironman, I was, uh, 13. So that's wow. the lowest I've ever been. Well, I mean like it's a lot of training. It's a lot of cardio. Right. And I was doing it based off a keto diet from, um, the recommendation of, uh, Rick Harper actually he was a veteran. He was on, um, I was like, all right, I'm in. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'll, I was, I'll the keto diet. I was just I'll 27. That's all. <laughs> That's the only thing I was doing is being 27, 12% body fat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Beer and yeah. pizza and, and, and a six pack all the same. It's like, fuck. <laughs> was like, why can't I still have that? Eat whatever yeah, the hell I want and have an eight pack. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of happy that we have metabolisms that, uh, that change because if not, I wouldn't have a job. So you know, I'm yeah, thankful for that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, you know, to bring it back to like essentially what we're trying to do, like uh, I use like on my, you know, I have a t-shirt that represents my, my podcast, but it's like no citizen has a right to be an amateur in the matter of physical training. Mm. And what a disgrace it is for a man to grow old without ever seeing the beauty and strength of which his body is capable. And so that's something that has like stuck with me for a long time uh, because it's a quote from Socrates, man, that's like 2,500 years ago. So th- none of this stuff is new, but they understood Man, if if you want to like like self actualize and be that person that you've always wanted to be and attain those heights, you physically have to be fit, man. And yeah. like the Greeks, like they figured they and they didn't have uh, TRX, they didn't have CrossFit. <laughs> like life was CrossFit, so they just under, had a fundamental understanding. And it's to bring it down to more fundamental level of what fitness and health is. And I think, you know, industry has got a hold of it and made it and commoditized it and made it all these things that in, you know, in, in the big picture, it's really go get some sunlight, go walk around a bit, 
go build your communities, make sure you stay connected to them and enjoy yourself when you do it. And if you have a physical goal, like, Hey, I want to do this event. Cool. Then you can start training. But in the meantime, enjoy yourself, do physically active stuff, but it doesn't have to be at like max heart rate or anything more than like, if you just need to walk around your block, go freaking do it. And we're hoping to encourage that as much as possible. And and the last artificial uh, barrier that I'll, I'll I'll add to this conversation is um, equipment. You don't need any. You know, no, like it's great. Zero. It's equipment's great. I have my own gym. I have equipment, but you don't need it. Do you have a floor? Do you have gravity? <laughs> if you have a floor, you know, if you're not floating through space, if you have a floor, if you have gravity, uh, you can be fit as fuck. I um. Do you have gravity? Yeah. Do you have gravity? <laughs> you know, that's the biggest thing. If you got gravity, um, shit, like you're good. Just lay down flat on the ground and get back up and stand up. Mm-hmm. Lay down flat on the ground again, get back up and stand up. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, you do that uh, three times a day f- for sets of five, if that's all you can do, that's awesome. Because that takes a lot of, like, that's a full body workout, man. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially like a, a, a burpee. Yeah, right? it's like a burpee. Right. You know, and then eventually you graduate into the burpee that I do now, which is a super slow-mo. It looks like almost like I'm going into yoga poses um, burpee. When I get into the push-up position, it's all super slow, one leg at a time, engaging the core, a quick slow, or a quick slow, uh, a nice slow (laughs) controlled push-up. And then on the up, instead of a jump, I grab the chin-up bar and I finish the burpee with a slow chin-up. Just Mm -hmm. one, right? And then it's, then it's a body weight squat. It, it's core. It's like, there's everything, you know, I think mm-hmm. even my ears get a workout on that, but, um, a super slow burpee, uh, mm-hmm. with, with, with a chin up, uh, to, to finish it, you know, but yep. if you got gravity, you can do that. Mm-hmm. A couple of two yeah, by fours, you can make a chin up bar. Oh yeah. And you know, like, a lot of us experience the austere, gym environment right if you're deployed yeah that really inspired me a lot because we didn't have much we had some barbells that were donated right i was on an american uh fob so we had some stuff but we were using ammo cans you know we were using benches to jump up on um we were you know some of the concrete walls that were like inside the compound we would use to like scale get up up and over you can a pair of no, water jugs, man. Do the fireman's carry or the uh, farmer's yeah. carry with a pair of water jugs. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times when I'm, when I'm coaching my veteran clients, right, it's just to really dumb it down. Not because they're dumb. It's just like, hey, man, like we don't need to do compound movements and I'm not going to be able to correct your form if because i'm not there physically and you know these are technical movements you want to make sure that they're technically sound we just don't have the time and then you return on investment on that movement it's not that great because you got to do it at such a light weight to just get it down pat why don't we just go grab your jugs <laughs> go walk around the, the the house a little bit and see how that feels because that's going to elicit a ton of muscle contraction just by virtue of trying to keep your body upright with like a hundred something plus pounds in your hands. And that's why farmers, they've traditionally been fit their whole life and kept muscle mass on because they're always doing heavy loaded carries, you know, like that is like a fundamental to like strength training is grip strength. Absolutely. Grip strength. If your grip strength and you know this, right, that's like your bread and butter for what you do now. Like your grip strength is a proxy for overall strength and health. And those individuals have done the studies that 
are long lived, like into their nineties, have a much higher grip strength than those that don't. And oh, the yeah. So it's really interesting. So well, it's because like the, grip grip strength is uh, is a sign that you're using your body. Like my electrician, you should see the freaking mitts on this guy. And like I was just looking at his hand, and I'm a freaking weirdo because I'm an arm wrestler. We all are, and uh, I'm like, dude. You got mitts. And then, of course, I told him, I said, grab my hand. He's like, what? <laughs> grab my hand. I'm like, Jesus, Lord, yeah. jumping. I can't even get my fingers around this thing. You know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if, you, if you have that hand, you know, uh, I mean, you are strong just, just with that. There's things mm-hmm. you can do that other people just can't do just from the elbow down. Yeah, one of the main tasks... Uh, and I incorporate this is a two minute uh, dead hang. So mm. you hop on a board. Two hop, minutes. Uh, a, two minutes. That's it. Full it's, it's body brutal. weight. It yeah, it sucks. Um, oh so if you can do that, like that's that's like that's your baseline, and you should always try to. <laughs> I got a long way to go then. <laughs> yeah. So give it a try. Like I'm a heavy guy, so it it sucks, man. Like I'm burning everywhere to do it. And obviously, if you have a fat bar, it's going to be a lot harder. But you know, a standard standard size pull up bar. If you can hold on to that for two minutes, like not only that, your shoulder health is going to improve dramatically. So you're just using gravity and you, you've got to be under tension. So it's a, it's an isometric hold uh, and it improves grip strength, but it's also a great test. And one of the reasons why grip strength is also a proxy for being long lived is when you get older, falls are one of the main reasons why you get taken out of life because you fall. And if you break your hip in your seventies and eighties and you need to go into like the hospital that's where you're going to get sick and get something that is going to be unrecoverable, like pneumonia and, or, or, and posture. Or, yeah, exactly. So you lose muscle <clears> mass <throat> and then you just go downhill, right? So in order to avoid that, grip strength is one of those things. Like if you're about to fall, if you can grab onto something and it like pulls you in, well, hey, now you've got that one frame that's going to stop you from actually falling. The other thing is leg strength too. Obviously, if you can like sidestep and eccentrically load that leg, as you fall, like when you're young, it's easy. It's just like, Oh, I put my leg up. But when you're old and you haven't trained your legs and they're weak, your leg buckles under that force because it's eccentrically loading. So like you're trying to break yourself, but you don't have the strength. So you buckle, you fall, you might break your hip and then your grip strength isn't strong enough to grab onto a railing or something. So therefore you've now created the conditions for you to. You've inspired um, me to start doing the dead hang because I know better too. I know the dead hang is good. I uh, I read an article once on it and like the, the, the list of benefits from um, the dead hang is unbelievable, including digestion, posture, Mm. your spine, you know, um, work working your spine core, but digestion, I mean, it really kind of surprised me. Um, but there's uh, just Google the benefits of the dead hang. It's a long fricking list and scientifically proven. Like it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, just that one thing, how good it is for you. Well, it's the, it's like the poor man's traction, right? And that's so mm. back issues. That's my thing, right? So, um, and plus two, I used to be a swimmer back in the day. Okay. So uh, it, it would just be part of our, like our warm up. essentially. It's just to get on the, de- on, into the dead hang. Um, and to really express, cause like when you're, when you're swimming, you want to get as long <laughs> as possible to get as big of a pull as possible. Sure. So you're just, you're just, you're just training in that, that, that shoulder mobility and everything um, in kind of everything you do, like 
a train the way you fight type mentality. So I was doing them since I was a teenager. <laughs> um, and then I stopped doing them. And then when my back started to hurt, I realized like, that's just traction. Gravity's just going to like lengthen your spine a little bit. And I take some pressure off the disc, which is essentially one of the ways to alleviate my back pain. And, you know, anybody that's got back pain, even shoulder pain, hang on. And then, so the next level up is a single arm dead hang. Ooh. I'm not there yet. I can't, do, I can't do that. I, I got to lose some weight and get stronger. There's like, I got 220 pounds to hang on to. Like I can barely hold on for two seconds. Yeah. This, the, so. the, the single arm chin up is the one I'm working towards. So my chins, yeah. I got fat grips, right? Like really fat grips. And mm-hmm. I, uh, I cock my, my wrists all the way in and I do chin ups with my wrists at, at full cock. Oh, wow. And so I'm putting all the pressure on that. It's called cupping, right? So I can bend somebody's wrist over. Uh, that's a big, big advantage. And then I do the uh, just and not full length chins, just little um, isometrics, and mm-hmm. and I, and I hold tight there. But when I can hold that and then shift all the way over to one arm and and <laughs> and hang on that, then I'll be there. Wow. And then I'll be there. I'm a ways away, but screw it. That's- that's some kung fu grip type stuff. Yeah, that's some that's really kung cool. fu. Well, it's it's the wrist strength. Like I, I um, grip is is uh, a lot finger strength, which I don't have, so I work around it. And um, oh, interesting. Yeah, grip is finger strength, but uh, you can you can have a, a super strong cup without having strong fingers. I don't have strong fingers. At mm. uh, I got little piano player fingers, but um, <laughs> but I've got a pretty good cup and I've got decent pronation. So um, if I'm arm wrestling, I'm going to slip out because I have to, um, and we'll go to the straps. And with the straps, I, then I can access all of my strength, and they can't get to my weak point, which is the fingers. Uh, but more dead hang, and I'm, I'm still I'm working on them. I'm trying to improve my fingers. I haven't, uh, haven't given up. Still working on it. Well, one thing I started to do, um, it's just a <coughs> typical uh, martial arts type of uh, type exercise to improve grip strength uh, just because I want to get my grip stronger in jujitsu um, is just like rapid open and closing of your hands. Yeah. It's um, Kung Fu stuff. Yeah, it's Kung Fu stuff. Exactly. Um, and um, I've noticed a difference because like a lot of times you work the contraction and not the extension. Right. So like actually extending my fingers because you're always in this position. And it was actually my jujitsu instructor. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, I've been doing it for, he, like this guy's been doing it like 35 years. He's like, you start getting arthritis if you do too, because you're always in this, like this motion. Right. So it's an overuse injury. He's like, start practicing, opening your hands. He's like, get some resistance, start opening. He's like, it'll make you stronger in your hands and also prevent. It's uh, a crazy forearm burn too. Oh yeah. Like I, you know, <laughs> I, do, I do this and like after about, you know, 15 seconds, you're done. Like you're at tetanus. It's just like, you can't do anymore. Same as shoulders. Like if if you're at full extension, it's uh, the shoulder burn is crazy. I started doing that when I was 15 in Kung Fu and uh, Mm. I didn't do it for long, but um, yeah, but I did it. And and that was one of the things that we did. It was, yeah, it's, you feel it. Yeah, for sure. And it's another good example. Can you open and close your hand? Then do that. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, exactly. And again, it's all blood flow, right? Like the more blood flow you can bring to your body systemically, right? That is just a, a an improved blood flow to your brain. When you have more blood flow to your brain, guess what happens? You feel better. You have a bit more ability to think problems through. Your body wants to get to a steady state, like a homeostatic steady state. So if it's not moving and not doing anything, it'll just go into power save mode. 
But if you're in power save mode, your brain's not going to be working very well. Your brain takes up a tremendous amount of calories. Yeah. Well, if, if you're not cognitively, cognitively active and if you're not physically active, we're going to be going down that downward spiral again, right? That downward spiral of shit. So again, like if you're feeling down, like my, my protocol is like, I know when I start feeling down, like I'm more aware now than I was like five, six years ago. I start feeling like garbage. I'm start, like negative self-talk, all that stuff. I have a moment. I go, uh Oh, it's happening again. I just go walk. Like I usually go to the gym, but when those things start to happen, I don't want to go to the gym. Well, I know if I do two days in a row of that, I'm, starting to spiral. So I've got responsibilities. I can't let that happen. So I catch myself. I go, okay, what is it that's causing it? Maybe I don't know, but something's about to happen. So I just start going out for a walk and it brings me back to center after a day or two. I so lo- I know I can catch myself. I, I love that's that you it. put the focus on consistency. So do I. Um, Duolingo. Like I've been learning French for 1,060 plus days, right? Do I speak it yet? No, not the point. You know, uh, I'll get there eventually. But the point the, 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 oh, the, no. the point is, is that I got that streak, like 1,060 days. And yeah, I've had to use some, uh, every couple of months I, I skip a day and I got to use a uh, streak freeze, whatever. But uh, still that 1,060 days, right? And that's where the self-esteem builds. And then you have a positive feedback loop. That consistency Mm -hmm. builds a little bit of self-esteem because you know that you've been doing it for 1,060 days or five days in a row. Whatever it is, uh, you know that every day, just like brushing your teeth, and if you're not, you should, uh, or, 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 or whatever the regular routine is, right? Washing uh, your body. You know, washing like. your body, you know, which I do at least once a month. Um, <laughs> what, what, whatever it is, it's consistent. If it's two minutes, that, that's okay. You can build on that, but it's the consistency is the foundation. After you got the consistency down pat, the other two to add in is frequency and intensity. Mm-hmm. right consistency mm-hmm. is every day frequency duration you know that's well are you putting in two minutes a day or two hours a day or something in between right and then intensity you know are you showing up at the gym and talking to everybody or are you showing up at the gym and fucking getting at her because it's better to get at her for 20 minutes than to socialize for two hours and mm-hmm. um and, and that's it but it all starts with the consistency you know, and then, and then build and be kind to yourself, be kind to yourself. Like if, if all you can do is get out of a chair and back into a chair 10 times, and that's your exercise in and out of a chair, chair squats, right? That's fucking awesome. If you do that every day, that 10 is going to turn into a hundred in like six weeks. Like it doesn't take long once you get at it, but just get at it. Yeah. That's the, um, the concept that Pavel Satsulin talks about. He's the um, kettlebell guru from Russia that really him and like Sean Mosin kind of in the nineties were, were really popularizing it. And he calls it greasing the groove. It's the Russian method. So with kettlebell sport, uh, the Russians are really big into the sport. We, we kind of turned it into a trendy type workout here, but for them it's a sport, right? So how do you turn kettlebells into a sport? I don't, I don't get it. Well, so the idea is like you have a certain amount of uh, time to do a certain amount of reps. And typically it's a, it's a clean and press single arm clean and press. They have a double, they have the double ones too. Um, and it is a, 
like lung busting experience. They're brutal. So like in order to like level up, you have to be able to do the different tests. I don't know them off the top of my head. I have my level one, um, uh, coaching certificate for, for kettlebell. I haven't got into the sport because I use it as a training tool, but the way the Russians see it, they like, they see like our double iron swings and stuff like that. It's like, what are you doing? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like it's not even how we use it in the sport and like going overhead with it. That's a CrossFit thing that never existed in Russia. So for them, it's really what they're trying to do is get into the clean and the press and into the snatch. Those are like the main movements for, for them, for their kettlebells. So everything else that we've added is more like westernized type kettlebell stuff. But if you use, let's say a kettlebell and you use it for your training modality or whatever, like that is one of the best ways to just what Pavel Satseline calls the groove. You can do a five minute workout with kettlebell, even if it's just swinging it. He's like, but don't go to failure. He's like, go maybe do 50 swings stop do another 50 10 minutes from now and he's like with push-ups could you do 100 push-ups in one shot likely not but could you do 10 sets of 10 probably and he's like you know what the next day you're not going to be sore it's when you go and you express too much intensity too fast he's like that's where you run into the inability to be consistent because now you've created like too much soreness and you don't want to get and you're too fatigued you can't recover he's like no he's like the individual that does 100 push-ups a day but in sets of 10 for the rest of their lives is going to be far further down the road than the individual who does big sets of let's say 50 60 three times a week he's like it's just a it's just a math equation you're going to do more if you're just consistent than the individual and it's the same for investing like we go down like that road too yeah compound interest if you're dollar cost averaging every week you're going to have a bigger pot of money than the individual that just drops like 10 K on an investment, you know, once every year, because you're just what's, always, in what's the, the time always. window. Cause like there's the, the, the four stages, like if you haven't worked out in eight years or 30 yeah. years, you know, whatever it is, uh, there's mm-hmm. like four stages. Um, what, what are they again? One of them's adaptive, like, uh, there's a, yeah. So I don't, I, I don't, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I, the, the stages in and of itself, I'm going to bastardize them, but essentially you have like the, the initial uptake phase. That's where you see a massive, massive change, but it also, uh, it breaks things down and you get worse. Your first phase, you feel like shit because yeah. you're breaking down muscle fiber. You're, uh, not able to recover as fast. Your body's you're going, sore. holy fuck. Your, your body's going, dude, what are you doing? Um, you need to synthesize a lot more new tissue. So you're actually weaker. So that, and that can last anywhere between a month, month and a half, two months. And then that's the phase that most people give up because they start like, yeah, I'm in. And it's like, you start doing pushups and then you go back the next day or two or three and you're like, I can, I can do less pushups. It's totally demoralizing the first six weeks. It's demoralizing. Exactly. So that's where most people just say, screw it. This isn't for me anymore. But again, like all things, you need to be consistent and you just need to start falling in love with the process. So once you get past that, let's say two months phase, then you start seeing the adaptations actually take hold. And and again, big caveat here, are you eating properly? Are you consuming enough protein to actually be able to bring in those amino acids that are required to actually build back up your muscle fibers? Because you're tearing them apart. Like you're ripping them when you're training. So, okay. So assuming you're doing resistance training, you need that. Well, if you're doing just like walks and stuff like that, maybe your legs are sore. You know, like these are all things that you need to start uh, accommodating as you start 
changing because your body needs to adapt. So then that's the next phase. It starts to adapt. And then when you hit that adaptation phase, that's where you start going like, oh, dude, what, what is like? What, is that a muscle? <laughs> like, oh. And then you start realizing, oh, okay. And then when you go into the gym, you don't feel as sore. So, what, and then you get to this like hyper adaptability phase where that's where you start seeing like the guys that really take off. But that's assuming you have the recovery, the nutrition, and the training start getting dialed in. And that's if you've ever reached that phase, that's where we can go in the gym and you can go hard and you're doing, you know, 10 sets of something. And the next day you're not sore. It's because you've had that, that hyper adaptability to that stimulus. And especially in the bodybuilding world, that, that's where you start seeing like really big gains. But that is like upwards of like eight, nine, 10 months out. It takes a long time for yeah. your body to start realizing. Play hey, the long I, game. Okay, this guy isn't fooling around anymore. But, you know, the best thing is to start as early as possible. Like when you're, you know, in high school, that's where you see the biggest gains. You have the most well, same as investing, yeah. like you said, right? Uh, uh, the best time to start investing was 30 years ago. The second best time is now. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like, it's not to say, oh, don't start because you're in your 40s. No, that's insane. Like, one of the most important uh, things that you can do for longevity is to have more muscle. Yeah. And there's some interesting research right now, and I, I, I forget her name, but I've, I've seen her through Peter Atia's network, who's a great reference if you're not tracking. Peter Atia is a Canadian doctor, Stanford educated, great podcast, great book. He's got a book literally called Longevity. And what he's talking about, and the two people he's talking to, um, one of the guests, and I can't remember her name, but she's, uh, she's all about muscle mass. And uh, explaining our current like health crisis as not necessarily an obesity crisis, but a lack of muscle crisis. Mm. And I thought that was a really unique way to look at things because muscle mass has continuously started to, uh, has been declining over the last like 40, 50 years in the adult population because we're a lot less active. So we're not, we have a lot less resistance against our frame to keep muscle on and actually build muscle well there's and, uh, just our, our society like machines are doing it or people are living in cities where they don't have to pick up five gallon pails of water and feed the cattle you know they right. they don't have to do stuff right and her thesis is is based upon the fact that you could still eat like garbage like we do now but if you have adequate muscle mass muscle acts as a sink for carbohydrates hmm. so it sucks up a ton of that uh, of that glucose because it gets converted into glycogen. So you won't have these massive insulin spikes that you normally would because you're starting to pull a lot of this uh, glucose out of your out of your bloodstream because you have muscle that requires it. So I thought that was a really interesting thesis. And I, I think she's definitely onto something because we tend not to look at strength training as our main uh, means of getting fit. Typically people think, oh, I got to start going for a run. Oh, I got, well, you know what? Like, Not with I, my knees. Yeah. Like, Damn I, like, that. I started running again. I'll be honest, but I, I do one run a week. You know, that when I start saying I'm running again, I do one run a week. I really enjoy it. So yeah, yeah I'm a tall guy. I just, I, I do it well. So yeah, I default to it. But if you're getting started again, you know, the best thing you can do is just, like you said, body weight stuff. Yeah. And you will see that change in a relatively short period of time. Like, let's be honest, like two months isn't a long period of time. No. You, might, you might've been abusing your body for 30 years. You can't give yourself two months to see an adaptation happen. That's where like, you got to dig into the psychology and like the, the actual mindset of a person that 
is just reluctant. It's because like nine out of 10 times, it's an ego thing that they feel like, oh, I'm not at where but I am. What's the mental p- position to like for people to, I know how I do it, but in general, I'll, I'll share another arm wrestling story because I could do that all day. <laughs> so I, I, I'm 53 now. I started pulling yeah. when I was 49, pulling his arm wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was 49 when I got into the sport and when I started and I'd show up at the club, I, I couldn't last more than literally five minutes on the table cause both my shoulders were, uh, torn and, uh, they were just wrecked. It took about a year and a half, maybe two years before, um, uh, the poison was the cure. Uh, I'd tear, repair, tear, repair, tear, repair for about two years. And then both mm-hmm. my shoulders were good after that. And now I can spend two hours on the table, no problem. My shoulders mm-hmm. are totally sound, and uh, I, I've, I've I've got the durability. But it took a couple of years. But I played the long game, and I wasn't there thinking I'm going to be a world champion in six months. We, we, you know, and every single person that shows up at the club, and they're like, "Give me three months, and I'll be able to beat you, Mark." I'm like, "This, that's not how this works. You're not going to beat me in three months. Maybe in a year." But not yeah. in three months, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, oh, give me 30 days. I'm going to beat you. No, you're not. Nah. <laughs> no. So uh, to, to get people to play that long game and to focus on consistency, um, do you have like some ideas about that? Yeah, it's the why you need to mm. really dig into once you establish your why, like Simon Sinek, uh, talks about in his book know your why like if if you have a strong enough why you can endure anyhow so once you establish that then it makes it so much easier and then the other once you've established that it's like okay one of the one of the drills i like to or one of the exercises i like to do is you gotta you gotta manifest it through writing things down and saying it out loud i know it seems like woo but it's true if you don't let things out of your mind and into the ether or into the universe. They're, they're just there. They're stuck in your mind. They, they, they don't actually manifest themselves. So you have to believe in what you're doing and why you're doing it. And once you can start establishing that, then it's no longer, Oh, I'm just going for a workout or I'm just going for a walk. It's like, no, I'm walking because I want to see my grandkids grow up. Then you, you're like fired up. You're like, man, I don't want to miss this. This is really important to me. I've established why this is important to me. So you do that, you manifest, you write it down, you share with people, you literally say it out loud. Like I have my clients just say it out loud. Yeah. What do you want to do? It's like, I want to lose 30 pounds. Okay. Why? I want to be able to, you know, be around for my family. Okay. Is that important to you? Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you tell your wife? No. Okay. Go tell your wife. You know, like, so she understands why am I doing Same, this? Like, somebody wants spending- to quit smoking, you know, tell fucking yeah. everybody that you're going to quit. Then, mm-hmm. then, you know, what you just did, you created a contract. Yes. And you, the, the last person you want to let down is yourself. Yeah. You know, so you start playing on that psychology, man. And like, it's easy to keep things to yourself because you're scared that if you say it out loud, you will set yourself up for failure. Yeah. I know it's scary as shit, but give yourself enough time. You can get anything accomplished. So you might say, I'm going to quit smoking. Oh, well, when are you going to do it? I'm going to do it by the end of this year. Okay, cool. Awesome. That's really good. Did you tell anybody? No. Okay, go tell like, exactly. Go tell your wife. Go tell your kids. Go tell anybody that will listen that's actually like, you know, 
invested in your own well-being. And so once you, once you establish that, <coughs> and then you're able to just give yourself like a time frame and set up like a smart goal, man, then, then you're off to the races and then you're able to really see yourself through any of those major kind of hiccups that come up because inevitably they're going to come up. You're going to get sick. You're going to get injured. You're going to have a family situation. But if you hold the line based on what you've established as like why you're doing it, oh man, like it just, it makes things so much easier. And also giving yourself, like you said, like just you can, you can be like okay with yourself if you miss a workout. Man, you like, you know, these hyper aggressive Goggins type people that's like, you know, no off days. I agree in terms of like, yeah, you should be doing something every day. But like you said, like if you get out of your chair like 10 times, that's what Jocko Willing says. He's like, some days I don't want to show, I don't want to do the workout. Some days I don't want to work and hammer on the That's project. when it's the most important. You know what I, do? I get up and hammer on the project. And even yeah. if it's a few minutes, you, you open it up and you go, okay. Well, that's where the self-esteem like comes from too, Dave, right? Like yeah. when you, when you really, uh, when I was a, a gym guy, like a lot, I knew somehow just intrinsically, I knew that the days that I wanted to do it the least were the most important days to do it. Cause if I can do it when it, when it was just sucks and, um, that's where I felt best about myself is like, man, I overcame the, uh, the, I don't want to feeling, I did it anyway. Now I feel like a million bucks because I know I'm that guy. And it's as simple as that. Yes. Who am I? And that's and that's uh, that's the one thing for Goggins. Who are you? I'm the baddest mofo in the planet. And mm-hmm. that's it. You know. And if I act otherwise, then I don't get to say that. So mm-hmm. if I, I've chosen that that's who I am. So that's who he is. And mm-hmm. it's it's by choice. And it's overcoming the suck. That, then that's who you are. And that's really, that's the, that's the measure of a person's character. How much suck can you overcome? Right. That's your yeah, character. That, that's exactly it. And, you know, uh, to finish the, you know, the progression of like establishing your mindset, it's adapt, it's, it's adopting your new identity around fitness and health. And to give you an example, when I was training for the Ironman, I, I adopted the fact that I, I haven't done the Ironman yet, but I am an Ironman. Yeah. Well, what do Ironman do? They don't, they don't skip their training days. No, they don't go, ah, whatever. I'll, 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 I'll miss out in this run. It's fine. Mm, do they? No, they don't. They get up, they do their sit-ups, they do their push-ups, they do their workout and then they go do their other workout and they find a way. So I'm up at four in the morning doing my stuff before the kids get up because, well, I got to still be a dad. So that's what I would do. And that was a really important you know, step I had to take, just like when I was a soldier, I went to Afghanistan. I'm, I'm, I'm a freaking soldier. I'm a good soldier and I'm going to do a really good job when I'm over there. That's, that's what I embodied. And that's even before I had this like idea about mindset and stuff like that. I just knew like I'm going over, I'm confident in what, in my skills and I'm going to give her. So, you know, when it comes to change and, and being uh, active, you have to find a way to adopt a new identity. Where it's like, I'm a healthy person is typically like the general way of looking at it. And what do healthy people do? Well, they look after their, they, they look after their weight. They, they don't overindulge. They take the time to actually take some time for themselves and they enjoy life. Like that's like what I see as like a healthy person. And the you beauty of it is that it's all a choice. And because, and, be, and because it's a choice, it's accessible. Mm-hmm. It's accessible. Mm-hmm. And you you're, you're, you're the only, you're the only one that's in charge, right? Like yeah, that's, that's, that's the biggest, that's a stoic, stoic philosophy, right? Like, 
no, like he who angers you owns you. Well, if you're in charge, okay, like you define how you react to everything. And so if you're down in the dumps, you're not doing well. Okay. What it has to come from you. It's not your therapist. Your therapist is there to help, but it's you that has to come up with the idea, the, the motivation to be like, no, I'm committing to this and I'm going to keep on going and I'm going to see it through. And then I'm going to be better and healthier down the road. That's essentially what we're trying to do, right? Like that's, we're trying to establish just a tool that can actually aid and help that along. Um, because ultimately you have to do it yourself. You know, yeah. you can have all the tools in the at world, the end of the day, in the world. it's you, man, you are the rescue. You're well, rescuing yourself. What's a good you know? way to say that, Dave? Like you have to do it yourself, but not by yourself. Oh, that's a great, yeah, that's a great, that's a great way to, to you got to do Absolutely. it yourself, but not by yourself. Just came up with that just now. It's awesome. Man, that's another t-shirt. It's that's another t-shirt. t-shirt. You got to do it yourself, but not by yourself. <laughs> what was the first one? Oh man, veteran brain, man. I don't know. Yeah, that's um, all right. Does anybody remember well, what the first t- 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 <laughs> Does anybody remember what the first t-shirt was? We have to rewind. That's the beauty of a recording. We'll rewind. We'll go got to do it yourself, but not by yourself. That's fucking brilliant. Look at me go. Dave, we're there, man. It's an hour. Right on. Love it. Thanks for being here, brother. And thanks for what yeah, you do. Absolutely. Yeah. If I could just uh, point people in the direction Please of the do. website, I've been showing it, I've been showing it the whole time here, voluntold.co. That's where you can actually find uh, a uh, newsletter. You can uh, get a free workout guide too, if you sign up. So I encourage you to do that. But more importantly, we have our Kickstarter there. So our Kickstarter is looking to raise our seed funding. So you can donate anything from $1 to $2,000 and everything in between. So the name of the app is Voluntold. Voluntold, exactly. Voluntold.co. Yep. And you can head over there and we'd really appreciate the support. You know, a dollar goes a long way, believe it or not. And it just means you're, you know, behind a project that's veteran run and uh, veteran owned. And we're going to be helping the community one step literally at a time. And we're going to be volunteering you to do it. Freaking awesome. Thanks, Dave. Stay on the line, brother. Thanks, brother. To visit Dave and his podcast, it is the Hard to Kill podcast, Hard to Kill podcast, available freaking everywhere. He has fantastic uh, guests. He's an excellent host. Um, definitely worth your time to, to check it out, the Hard to Kill podcast. Thanks, all you beautiful souls, for tuning in. Please like and subscribe. It helps me help others. So help me help others by liking, subscribing, leave a rating, leave a comment and share, share like the sugar bear because sharing is caring. Hey everybody, it's Operation Tango Romeo, the place where healing happens. If you'd like to support this show, remember like comment, subscribe, and share, share like the sugar bear, because sharing is caring.